Welcome to episode number 173 of CXO Talk. I'm Michael Krigsman, and today we have a special show. I am here with my friend and colleague, Dion Hinchcliffe, who is co-hosting this episode of CXO Talk. And Dion, how are you today? I'm doing very well, Michael. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Dion, thank you so much for, for doing this. And we have a, our guest today, Dion, is Preston Simons, who is the CIO of Aurora Healthcare. Preston, how are you? I'm very well. Good afternoon, Michael and Dion. So Preston, please tell us about Aurora Healthcare and give us uh, very briefly about your background. Sure. Um, Aurora Healthcare is uh, an integrated system of uh, physicians here in uh, the state of Wisconsin, headquartered in Milwaukee. Uh, we service sites at more than 90 communities throughout eastern Wisconsin and uh, northern Illinois. Uh, we're the uh, most comprehensive health care provider, the largest health care provider in the state, and the state's largest private employer. Uh, we serve about 1.2 million patients, and um, with uh, uh, about uh, 15 hospitals, um, we have a um, uh, interconnected network of over 150 clinics and uh, 70 pharmacies. Diane, you're the guest co-host, and therefore I think you should jump in first. Absolutely. So, so yeah. Preston, we're, we're so glad to have you um, on the show. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of, of CXOs, CIOs in particular, uh, often of high technology companies, and, and you know, high tech is kind of its own little world, its own little bubble. And so we were so thrilled when we learned that you'd, you'd be available uh, to, uh, to give us a perspective from the healthcare industry, which is a really important one, has undergone a lot of changes with the Affordable Care Act and others. And, uh, and you're relatively new in your role um, at, uh, at Aurora. And uh, so I was wondering, you know, what was the mandate that you were given? Uh, obviously, that, you know, that the industry is undergoing some challenges and some, I think some opportunities as well. And we'll talk about, about the rest of the show, but I was wondering to give us an overview of what they were hoping that you were going to accomplish, uh, what kind of vision you're, you're going to bring to the table. Sure. Um, well, as, as you already said, I'm the chief information officer here. Uh, I've just been here, actually, I just made eight months. So um, an exciting Very time. Uh, you know, for me, uh, the mandate has really been, um, you know, what can, we, we've got to expect that there's a business disruptor here somewhere. Um, I think that healthcare, integrated healthcare, uh, healthcare delivery is really ripe for it. It's kind of the uh, there's a confluence of things going on, uh, everything from the aging population to the um, Affordable Care Act, as you've mentioned, to just um, uh, less government spending on health care, um, uh, uh, but, but in an odd way also the increase in the percentile of that same number. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's an exciting time because, you know, healthcare really wants to uh, embrace a change. And uh, that's what's really exciting here at Aurora is all the leadership really looks forward to what information technology can do. So when you talk about and when you think about digital transformation, because in a way that's, that's the, the bottom line here, what does that actually mean for you and what does that mean for Aurora? Well, there's a, there's a lot of things going on in digital transformation and, you know, digital transformation is one of those journeys that just never quits. We've got everything going on from, um, you know, um, uh, mobility, 
the use of you know, everyone, all of our caregivers, and uh, we call everyone here at Aurora Healthcare a caregiver because if you're not actually giving care, you're in the chain of giving care. And that's a great thing here because everyone really feels tied to the mission. The, the uh, mobility uh, connected with the whole ideal of the, of the uh, mesh, you know, what we refer to as the whole ideal of the, the wearables, the consumer and home electronic devices, the automated deliveries, we're, we're, there's such a great opportunity to try to connect those things. Um, so many parts of the population want to be healthier and we want to make that opportunity available to them. Um, at the same time, you know, when you look at things like how the caregivers themselves want to be more efficient and productive, if they could have a lot of that information available to them, like, you know, um, you know, did you do a run today? You know, how is your uh, 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 glucose reading today? Um, how's your weight? What's the delta in your weight? Uh, you know, mixing and matching all those things together to serve them up in a way where uh, the caregivers can be more efficient, more productive, and really satisfy the needs of the consumers that they serve even more rapidly. That's the way, excuse me, that's the way I think that um, the whole ideal of, you know, digital transformation, digital business can make it, can make a real effect here. Yeah, and so it sounds like if I play that back, it's a, I think that's a that's a comprehensive vision. But it sounds like digital transformation for for you and Aurora really means building a deeper, more engaged connection with the consumer using technology devices and doing more preventative care, more uh, proactive, uh, data driven understanding of what's going on and supporting a, a healthy lifestyle. Just really putting t- uh, technology in the center of that relationship is that is that a fair statement? That's that's actually a very fair statement, Diane. As a matter of fact, you know, consumers want their health care where, when, and how they want it or need it. So it's not enough to just um, uh, it's not enough to just take care of them in the office. Although that continues to be uh, the most relevant touch point for our caregivers, it's just as important to be able to uh, get that information from schools, community meetings, um, uh, anything where. Uh, they can reach out from those uh, internet, uh, internet of things pieces to um, uh, any opportunity that we can take the data and the information and pull it together. Um, you know, that's where we want to be able to make a difference in their lives. Yeah, so, so it's really not, this is not your, your parents' healthcare experience. This is a <laughs> much more, con- much more consumerized, much more digital, much more mobile. Yeah. And I heard you say internet of things. So yes. you, you have you have a, a devices that you're, you're connected from consumers? Is that right? Yes. As a matter of fact, you know, you take that whole uh, digital mess. Uh, mess. I, I actually a lot of times refer to it as a digital mess. Yeah. But it's only a mess to me right now because I don't think we have, well, I don't think, I know, we don't have all of the ways to connect all those things together. But you have to believe it's coming. Um, you know, we know that from... Uh, just the internet of things and those platforms. Really, we need an internet of things platform that will complement the bringing together of the digital mess mesh. <laughs> oh, I like the mess. Yeah, I know. It's still a mess. And, you know, that whole idea of the uh, kind of the information of everything, which can link data from the digital mesh um, and start to include things like sensory data and uh, contextual information that can help caregivers uh, you know, actually provide that care. We want it to be a 
holistic view, but that will take time to get to because you've got a market out there that naturally is being very opportunistic, serving up all of these different things to our consumers. So you, you talk about technology as being the enabler, and it's very easy to focus on technology, but that technology needs to be in the service of what the healthcare providers and that enchi- entire chain of healthcare delivery uh, is offering and requires to, to deliver patient care. So how do, you, how do you draw the line between the technology and the business requirements, and how do you ensure that they come together in the right way? Well, that leads off to kind of three different areas there. I mean, how do we link what the business wants? Um, and, and, and then also looking at it from the standpoint of a cultural change as well. Um, one of the things I think is great about Aurora is they've already really embarked on this cultural change. They are um, anxious. They are um, desirous of what technology can do for them. So they're already looking at their processes on how they can improve them. And um, Aurora's had a rich history um, over years of, uh, of, a, of a distinct quality regimen and trying to do things better and better. Um, information technology from that standpoint is only making that better. Uh, it's enabling them to get it that much quicker. And when you think about that, though, uh, that kind of mixes into the cultural piece because, you know, IT is important uh, that digital transformation it all comes down to the fact that information is power and digital transformation and tools kind of freeze people throughout the enterprise um, up and down the chain. So if you're not ready for that, it can be a little daunting. Uh, some of the obstacles that I see all the time are, you know, proving the business value. Um, you know, Oh, this has got to have an ROI. Um, well, ROI is important, but for some of those things that are really out there on the disrupting edge, um, it's really hard to get the ROI early on. It's sometimes the ROI discovers you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what um, And sometimes there's too much of focus on technology. And Michael, that's kind of the point you just went to, which is if we, sometimes if we focus too much on technology, we forget about all the deep change and how people work. You know, sometimes the best way to do this is, what would you really change and then let technology enable that? That's another reason, like I said, why really, you know, Aurora's at the front end here because they've already been doing that for years. Um, and then, of course, there's the whole thing of, you know, uh, well, frankly, the feeling of losing control. And so once information, if information is power and information is then cascaded up and down the enterprise, then is there a loss of feeling of control? And uh-huh. you've got to be open to that. You've got to be open to, which is kind of a piece that I'm trying to, when you ask me the mandate, you know, uh, my mandate is to, for IT to be transparent. We, 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 we anxiously await what the new business uh, ideas are and then try to help them as quickly as possible um, you know, format them or facilitate them in a way uh, that the organization can see what the value will be. Yeah, no, I think that's very well stated. And, and you know, the, I think the great uh, J.P. Rangaswamy, when he was um, CIO of uh, Deutsche Bank um, or, or, or BT, excuse me, British Telecom, said that, that really that's the end game is we have to design for loss of control. Not that we actually will have you know, a, a loss of control. It'll be loss of non-essential control. And I think that's kind of the spirit that you're talking about here. 
Uh, and so that's, that's very encouraging. So how do you get folks, you know, the healthcare business is fairly insular and it's really tough to come in from the outside. And, you know, you have these caregivers and you have these nurses and, you know, they're, they're trying to serve patients and, and, and they're busy and, and focused on doing that. How do we transform the way that they work as they do it in a way that, that is you know, effective and sustainable? Well, one of the, that's a, uh, the way you go is, yeah, uh, that's a great point. I'm, I'm actually thinking of three different ways to answer it, but I want to get to the first and foremost, which is, you know, as a CIO, what I really focus on is making sure that I'm helping to lead an organization that can get out of the way. Uh, and that might sound a little odd, but what I really want to do is create this consultancy or this uh, business relationship portion of IT that really draws that strategic linkage out to the business so they feel comfortable with IT partnering to them and they really feel like, boy, I can reach out to my IT partner and they'll bring things to the table. And, and even if they don't bring things to the table right then, they're matched with me shoulder to shoulder on understanding what new things I want to do. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in uh, wrapping that relationship up so that way the business feels very comfortable and, uh, you know, even when they hear no, because they understand that, well, there might not be a way to do it now, but there might be a way to do it better in the future. Um, and they feel like that, that IT is partnering with them to experiment and find new things. So I really focus on, uh, you know, as a CIO, I've got lots of folks that can dive deep into the technology and, you know, really have that expertise. But for me, it is setting up an organization that lets folks deliver. And then my job really becomes removing obstacles. So in a way, when you when you talk about it this way, uh, it sounds like I've heard, well, I've heard other CIOs talk about this notion of operational excellence. So that becomes the baseline that you can hand to your team, which then frees you up to have these collaborative relationships, as you were describing, with your counterparts in the business so you, that you can be sure you're on the same page with them and delivering what they ultimately need. Well, certainly, Michael, one of the things that they need to be, and in, in even my past lives, and of course here too, is we need to uh, exhibit that um, Aurora IT will be the best deal for the organization. So they don't have to wonder about if they're getting the best operational efficiency or if they're getting the best deal. They should be confident that we're doing things in the very best way. That's um, when I think about our kind of our strategic staircase, I think about at the bottom is just, you know, keep the lights on and, you know, keeping things working. If you can't accomplish that, then you don't get to move up that staircase um, uh, to actually uh, make IT part of the products and services that the business provides. So how do you move up that staircase? That seems to be the, the big challenge. And, and does digital transformation throw, throw kind of a monkey wrench into that as well, the, the moving up yeah. the staircase, as you put it? Well, you know what? It does throw a monkey wrench in there. But let me talk about the staircase just briefly. And um, uh, I've worked with, from time to time, uh, uh, NDMA that's out on the East Coast. Uh, 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 Dean Meyer, he has a book on, on uh, uh, organizational structure and some of the opportunities you can do with that. And one of the things that uh, he kind of took from me or I took from him, I don't remember, but is 
if we move IT up that staircase, it starts with just keeping the lights on. It then moves to um, efficiencies. In other words, how can we do the same of what we do today or more for less? There's usually that opportunity. Then you move to effectiveness. How do we help people work better? That doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to cost you anything less, but people will work better and you'll see a significant ROI. But the real holy grail to all that is getting up to those top stair, top stair steps, which has to do with you know, um, delighting the customer, making them connected to you. And you know, the very most top of the staircase is when the IT, is when IT becomes part of the product or service that you perform. And that's where I think digital transformation has an opportunity where we can actually, you know, where is the Airbnb or the Uber of um, healthcare delivery? It's got to be there somewhere. And these are just the folks that I think can find it. And we get those ideas many times from the caregivers that are on the line, from the folks that are doing the regular patient flow day in, day out. And to your point about how we bring digital transformation in, we have innovation groups. We look to outside suppliers. Um, we're involved in several different um, groups that bring new healthcare technologies. And you know, here at Aurora, we have not only perhaps funds to invest in the right way, but even better, we have a pretty good sized system that can really stress test your innovative idea on both a pilot perspective and then kind of scale it up and let you know um, how well it's going to perform. Yeah, no, so it sounds like uh, you're building industry connections and relationships uh, to innovative parts, uh, innovative groups and companies and startups, uh, I presume. We are. Uh, that, that will help you have kind of have this portfolio to pull from to say, you know, we're bringing in innovative ideas. We're looking at these technologies. Uh, and and, and that is, that's a key plank in your efforts for digital transformation, it sounds like. Is that right? It is. It is. Actually, one of the more difficult parts to that. Um, as, as excited as I am to have all those things coming in, I do have a lot of different things coming in. <laughs> so, right. you know, so if you think about it from an uh, enterprise architecture view, we've got to make sure it's always that push me, pull you of, you know, do you use, you know, in the old days we used to talk about, uh, you know, how, you know, best of breed versus, you know, uh, um, you know, that one standard universal system. I think lots of folks are past that now. It's more a marriage of those two. So how do we keep our enterprise architecture at a level where it can handle the largest, you know, that big uh, universal system that we may use, as well as all those best of breed folks that are coming in. Um, and, and that's something that I want us to be adept at being able to do, but also realizing that we want to keep the interoperability strong, because that's usually a part of how quickly we can respond to both new technologies and information that is the result of those technologies. You mentioned culture, and we have an interesting question from Arsalan Khan on Twitter, who asks, given the diversity of your team and your stakeholders and your constituency, how do you drive consensus so that this, so the kind of changes that you're describing can actually take place? Sure. Uh, it, we, we spend a lot of time... Um, thinking about um, and bringing the business groups together, the caregiver groups together on um, how they think things will, 
the technology pieces that they think that they would like to use in their businesses. So specifically, like I talked before about that consultancy area that works and facilitates with each, with each of those groups, they are actually hardwired into these new ideas and things that they want to do. And IT doesn't necessarily um, design at that point, but they look very clearly into, you know, how they can help facilitate them uh, bringing that idea forward. And then we have several different steps that you can bring it forward to and to get it, you know, approved for things like, is it a proof of concept? Is it a pilot? Uh, if it's a pilot, how long does it last? What's the pilot criteria? And how do you carry it through so that it's actually something that we think and that the business thinks they want to do? One of the things that's interesting about our governance and, 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 and what we're beginning to do is, uh, is that it's really the business leadership that brings forward their ideas. It's IT helping facilitate them to do that, but it's not IT that brings it forward. So that way, uh, the business leader is invested in it. Uh, they feel a part of it. And uh, the questions and the um, um, back and forth on how it's going to work and what it's going to do, uh, they get help from IT, from finance, uh, from other areas, but it's really their idea. And then we take all those together and try to decide, okay, you know, what's best? Uh, what do we want to do right now? Sometimes we look at an idea and say, well, maybe not right now. We need some more information on this. Sometimes something that a group has seen or th something they want to do, they just need to think of it more from, gee, who else is doing this? What are they doing? And what other options are there out there? That's when IT can really help from a technologist perspective, because then we'll go out and help them do what we call a solution alternative study which looks just as much at, the, much at the IT assets we have internally to Aurora as it does to the things that are out there already, either new systems we could get and operate in our data center or software as a service possibilities. And then they can see a real panoply of these are your real choices, looking at feature and functionality, looking at cost, and the business really seems to appreciate that. Yeah, no, it sounds like a really powerful model. And, and we, we see this, that you know, the kind of the future of IT is not being Dr. No and handing down, you know, the, the, the IT tablets from on high, uh, <laughs> but really saying, you know, how can I partner with the business? Because the business has choices like it never had before, right? Oh, boy. You can go to outsourcers and you can get things in the cloud and software as a service and app stores. There's, a, there's so many ways to self-service, uh, and it seems more easy to do that than to work with IT a lot of the time. Uh, and so I'm very encouraged when, you know, you're talking about how, um, how you're trying to proactively enable the business uh, and not take their ideas either. Re make sure that they retain ownership. It sounds like that's a key component of what you're doing. Diane, um, that's exactly right. We give all the credit to them. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so what, you know, what are the challenges that you really have um, trying to do this with healthcare? Because we've seen, you know, not only recently have we actually seen what, uh, this rise of, of what we call fintech, financial tech, and, and health tech. Mm -hmm. uh, because those are very regulated industries and, and, there, and there's a lot of you know, customer privacy concerns and so on. What, you know, how are you working through that? How are you moving, uh, moving forward in that regard? Well, um, specifically, we're, uh, you know, besides partnering with the business, we also partner with a lot of the staff groups that can help us bring that view forward. So we have uh, roles inside of IT that work with um, compliance but they also work with our compliance officer. 
they also work with um, legal and all the rest so that uh, the way that really services the business is it makes the business or the caregivers uh, feel like they don't have to go to 100 different places to get an answer. Uh, we can help shake some of that out for them. The, uh, the other piece around, you know, how IT can really, um, what was the first part of your question again? I want to make sure I get it right. No, I think you're answering it very well. Okay. Keep going. Okay. So, so by, by, by doing that, they don't have to go to multiple different uh, uh, service areas. We kind of can help pull all that together for them while also making sure and taking into all the different, you know, compliance and other things. And I'll tell you, security is such a big, such a big deal nowadays. Um, um, in my past lives, it's been a big deal. And of course, it's only gotten bigger um, with a provider like Aurora. Um, and uh, it, it is just, you know, we are, uh, you know, part of the critical infrastructure, part of the, um, uh, you know, understanding, you know, what types of, you know, bad actors could uh, take opportunities. And uh, what we want to make sure of is, is that um, we try to educate our employees, our caregivers, just as much as doing what we can from, a, uh, you know, a detect and monitoring the rest. Because in my experience, um, security really starts with everyone. And you are a, uh, an over $4 billion company. And I understand you're the largest employer in the state of Wisconsin, yes, which, mean, which means you're a, in the state of Wisconsin, you're, you're the target. Thanks for that, Michael. I appreciate you saying oh, that. I, I, oh, I take that back. I didn't. I didn't. Okay, please. <laughs> no, we, you know, you know, and, and um, one of the things that, Yes, and but also, uh, you know, it, it, it's so important for the um, all of our caregivers to understand. And, you know, they've got a lot of that already baked in just from a, just from the standpoint of privacy protection. We're so careful about, you know, all of our patients, our consumers were so attentive. And so, you know, we've already got a, a reasonably good culture of that started. Um, and our caregivers are 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 very um, uh, like I say attentive to that the addition of security and what to kind of watch out for um, we have which I know a lot of other organizations do the same is all the self fishing kind of thing and uh, you know uh, uh, even to the point of you know having people feel successful that they've gotten past a self fishing uh, exercise uh, that's a good thing and what we remind them of is that any of the uh, security attentiveness that they have here is not only for the organization, it's also for themselves and for our consumers and patients. Yeah, so, so it sounds like the big advantage you offer your internal partners uh, uh, over working with somebody else uh, to get something done uh, is, is that you've, kind of, you've pulled together all of the compliance and the governance issues and kind of built this integrated capability. It says you need something. We are a one-stop shop. We already have all the relationships and the ability to uh, to activate on um, on those capabilities, so I think that's that's really smart. And do you think that's that's common in, in in the healthcare business, or is that something unique that you guys have done? I don't know that it's uh, common. Uh, and remember, I've only been here eight months, so we are we have kicked it off. And um, but I can see that the folks, <clears throat> uh, the last few excuse me, the last few governance meetings that we've had, uh, where they presented and where 
uh, they feel confident that you know they're actually involved in the process. It's not an IT person that takes your idea forward and you know hopes for something to come of it. Um, I think that's going to be more and more common. In you know, two things are really happening. I guess I should say one is, and we're kind of trying to do both. One is you know the standardization or harmonization of things you can do from a business process perspective, and that's some of the hard business processes you know, supply chain, administrivia, things like that. And then there's um, uh, the other side of that, which is not just the standardization, but being able to bring those things through quicker when they are individual ideas. You know, the only reason for not having something standardized or harmonized is because there should be strategic differentiation. In other words, a real reason to do something differently. You shouldn't do, you know, if once you do the same things differently, somebody's wasting money. And we're pretty good about that around here at Aurora. And we know that the healthcare system in the United States doesn't have money to waste. But, you know, as somebody who might work inside the organization, wouldn't they come back to you and say, yeah, standardization, standardization is fine. We get it. We need to save money, of course. But what we're doing in our department is so unique and and special that if we follow your mandates we just are not going to be able to do the innovative things we want to do and so it is stifling us so how do you respond to that that's kind of the knee-jerk reaction right so my first answer to that is one it's not it that's doing it again what i like about aurora is the aurora business leaders themselves look at it like that so they're already uh, for their for their individual areas are thinking, hey, do we harmonize, standardize, or is it really differentiated? So they use IT to help them uh, as a as a perhaps facilitator or pulling the information together to know is it truly differentiated. I do get your point that you know, and we look at our customers that uh, 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 that they are all special. And I say customers, I guess I should take a step back. Um, I've run a couple of my own businesses. I like running businesses. So when I'm in a larger enterprise, I run IT like a business. So for me, we have customers. I should know the cost of my services. I should have a complete service and product catalog. And um, uh, that's just something I do as a, as, a, as, a, as a normal step of things. So if my customer, if, my, if the caregiver uh, really understands themselves to be differentiated and oftentimes their own business leaders ask them to demonstrate or exhibit how. Sometimes that's an ROI. Sometimes that's in patient satisfaction. Sometimes that's in other metrics and measures that they bring forward. Well, if they've demonstrated that, then certainly what IT needs to do is customize or tailor a system that can allow them to keep that differentiation. But our Aurora business leaders are pretty bright. They can see through, and actually even our caregivers are very very linked to understanding, well, gee, if I can do it this way and it's good for the enterprise and it's good for the community, then we should do it. We should, we should think about standardizing. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I think those are, those are all key points. And this takes us to the, the, an interesting conversation that we really haven't had in IT, and that is uh, uh, this concept of culture change, that uh, the new digital sensibilities means that we're, we're going to want to share data more. My data is better with, with, with your data, but that requires us to kind of, kind of shift how we look at things. Um, what do you view the role of IT in terms of driving a, a, a culture that's more amenable 
to successful digital transformation. Uh, and that's not something that IT is the kind of a soft role that we haven't really said is the core competency. Do you believe that it is? And, and, and how would we enable that? Yeah, it's, you know, Diane, it's, it's actually, um, I guess I would look at that as being a little bit of both. Uh, one is we still need those ideas coming in from the outside. We in IT will only get stronger and more adept by having those ideas come in from the outside. Because frankly, we can't think of everything. I mean, you know, we're only so many people. And so we actually want those ideas coming in and we appreciate that challenge. At the same time, I want to make sure that they're interoperable enough so that way, you know, when somebody needs, you know, patient data from one piece provided to another to give them an answer to something else, they're not locked at a certain area, either because of a compliance or a uh, technology difference or something that will actually keep them from doing what they need to do. I think in, I think in healthcare, uh, we want to attack both what we can do organically uh, from our from our core, uh, and again, like what was mentioned earlier, first and foremost from a caregiver uh, process arena, as well as what can come in from the outside as a truly you know surprising or uh, transformational idea that we may be able to take advantage of. We spoke about, uh, or you've spoken about data. And when we think of digital transformation, data is the thing that comes to mind as the glue. And this is a very general question, but can you talk about the role of data and how the handling and the analysis of data are changing and improving healthcare today through, the, through this digital transformation process? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you use the term data, and of course, I know we all understand what that means. Uh, I was just in a meeting the other day, and one of the leaders said, you know, we have a lot of data. We need more information. And that's true. Data coming together um, is one of the things that I think um, IT can help serve up, and we can serve it up in ways that will enable the folks that can do the analytics that much better. I don't, I don't really feel as though, um, well, I really feel that our clinical folks are the best folks as being able to pull that, uh, a lot of that data together to make it true information. But IT's responsibility is to make sure it's safe, secure, um, uh, reliable, um, and served up in a way that they can then do all the machinations of what they would like to do to get to the answers that they are trying to afford. We have another question from Twitter and uh, Forvalaka41, how do you like that for a Twitter name? All right. Asks, uh, do you have an electronic medical record system and to what extent are you, are you using an EMR? Yes, Aurora has uh, one of the premier uh, electronic medical record systems, uh, which is uh, Epic's system. Uh, and uh, we have actually got it deployed all around our enterprise. We continue to use it. Uh, I mean, it is, it, is a, it is a cornerstone for a lot of what we do. Uh, it, is, um, it is really continually process improved all the time. Uh, so not only does Epic do a grand job in coming out with new opportunities, but, you know, it's very configurable. And so our folks in IT 
uh, working with uh, healthcare informatics in the business, uh, uh, excuse me, the caregiver operations area, continue to make improvements at the behest of, you know, physicians, nurses, uh, all of our clinical caregivers. So yes, we do. Yeah, and I, well, I think all this goes to, you know, how do you create a, a, a more holistic, more well-thought-out customer experience, right? right? The, um, the EMRs are, are, are key to that. But, uh, but what else? Uh, yeah, I was wondering if you could share other things that are on the edge of customer experience, uh, things like enabling better collaboration between one patient and all of the different providers they have, whether that's Aurora or others. I mean, th- using sure. things like on- online community and, uh, and other types of tools. Is, is, that the, is that the next step in, in the future of healthcare or, or what's coming? And customers, sure, I think you see all of the uh, the major suppliers of EMR or EHRs are, are coming out with ways to blend and pull data um, even from providers that are not in your network. Um, one of the things that we here at Aurora, uh, 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 we are part of a larger uh, uh, Wisconsin network um, about health. And uh, in that network, um, we are working on you know sharing information between uh, the uh, eight members of which we are one in that group. But you see the suppliers themselves are opening out their systems so that, you know, everything from, you know, if you, if you have a, if you have a urgent care visit uh, at a facility that's not in your organization, uh, they can easily port, uh, get that EMR information over to that urgent care visit. And that can be very, that can be very substantial. You know, you can get a lot of allergy information, you know, um, uh, prescription information that the folks are on, uh, brief patient history and the rest, and that same information can be turned back around. I mean, that leads into the subject of population health, right? Where, you know, you start sharing information from a population health perspective um, across the community that you serve. I mean, ultimately, I think the vision of all of the use of the EMRs is so that we from a population or a community perspective, we give better care to everybody in the communities that we serve. Are you doing much with this idea of population health and using the, the existing data that you have and that you're collecting to predict which patients may be at risk or to improve their health care in one way or another? Where, where does that stand? Certainly, certainly. And that's another area Aurora's got a lot of um, rich background in. They were, uh, Aurora's been doing population health uh, uh, and working on it for, um, oh, certainly, uh, you know, two to three years, maybe, maybe longer. Um, remember, I'm the new guy. Uh, the, so they've already been using it to look at things like, um, you know, diabetes, you know, uh, you know how should they affect uh, diabetes care? What changes should they make? Um, um, hospital readmissions, uh, looking at, um, you know, readmissions after um, um, cardiac events. Uh, So yes, that's an ongoing thing. What our technology is going to help us do is to be able to make that faster, um, easier. And if we can serve it up uh, to the, to our folks in uh, the clinical areas uh, quicker, they'll be able to do this on a more dynamic basis and for a larger population. Because, you know, yeah, when you start looking at population health, it can give you an indicator of what is seen in that community group. And so they might not all be your patients, but they all do give you a sense of, um, of, of trends, what's going on, 
and um, um, how we might be able to help. So it sounds like the future of healthcare is really about to, uh, data analytics, uh, building pictures of, uh, of the people that you serve, and then be able to reflect that back to both the caregivers and the patients uh, and uh, the, the people in the, in the health system so they can provide better, uh, they can have a better healthcare experience. Certainly, and getting that to them and being able to get that information quicker, and as we said before, from more sources. I mean, think about if you were, if you had, a, uh, if you had a Fitbit on and um, your um, refrigerator is connected to the Internet of Things and, um, you know, you know, it knows that you just pulled out the orange juice this morning and, you know, it tells you as, as you start walking away, it starts mixing the information with, well, should you really had orange juice looking at your uh, glucometer readings and all that information goes to your doctor. Your doctor can then send you something back that says, well, you know, you should try to improve on your diet in certain ways. Um, that's the kind of mix and uh, things that we want to be able to look at. So it's lots of different sources. And those sources are just increasing, by the way. Yeah, so are you, are you investing in data scientists? Is that, uh, is that a role that will be critical to provide you know, modern healthcare in the future? I think data scientists will. I'm not sure that they'll continue to have that name. Um, we look, uh, again, I really give a lot of that over to uh, the clinical areas. The interesting thing about uh, the data scientists and the way I've seen them used is that you really need to have an insight into the data. And um, that, uh, uh, I think that data, uh, uh, data science methods um, are perhaps easier to translate to clinical people that already uh, have a sense of that information and how it comes together. Um, so I don't know if they'll be called the same, but certainly uh, the, um, uh, the, the deliverables, the things that you want to get out of them. Well, yeah, I was going to suggest, and we're all data scientists now, right? Nice. I think that the doctors will be and the healthcare providers will have a much better set of tools and they'll actually be able to derive their, lay their expertise on top of that data. And, I agree. Well, and look at it this way, Diane. Actually, what you see in a way is, um, and I hear this from a lot of the caregivers uh, as I get around and about to all of our different hospitals and clinics and talk to them, is that many of their patients that are coming in already have an ideal of what they want to do. They already have it. They've already, they've already researched their, uh, um, um, their disease or their symptom or their, and they've already gotten either a crowdsourced feeling of what's going on, or they've already got an idea of where they think it should go. Um, I think that the caregivers are very uh, uh, responsive to that view, and there's going to be just more and more of that. We have just a few minutes left. So can you share with us the advice that you have for CIOs and business people in other organizations who are facing the kind of change and disruption that you're going through? So any, any lessons from the trenches that you can share oh, with wow. us, Preston? Oh, wow. Um, well, first and foremost, I would go back to saying I, I'm, I, I pay a lot of attention to the um, organization and how the um, not only the structure but all the different pieces of the organization the the um, um, the rewards the the metrics the um, uh, uh, you know how you incent people to do the work that they're doing uh, so that the organization really can I guess really work without me what I really what I really would like to know is that the great work that all these folks are doing. Um, I want an organization that'll live whether I'm there or not. And that means a lot of 
you know, clicking to the business, working directly with, you know, that, that everything from that strategic liaison to the real engines of IT that are getting that work, the operations, the, you know, the, uh, you know, the technology engineering done, and then those uh, coordinating parts of the organization that are really generating that cohesiveness between uh, those deep uh, uh, productivity sides of what IT does. Um, the other thing I would say is just, um, gee, uh, have fun, pay attention to the business. I always try to make sure that, uh, I, I would also tell any CIO, but I'm, all these folks know this, I'm sure, is that get out there and see what folks are doing with your stuff. You know, one of the things I did in my first months, and I still do it from time to time, is I, I go to clinics and, um, of course, of course, I'm served by Aurora as a uh, consumer and a patient. And I just walk up and start asking, you know, how do you like this? Does this seem to work okay? And I get ideas all the time about, you know, well, no, it would be easier if we had that. Or, gee, you know, it would be better if we had these instructions in this training on a, on a, on a Friday before the Monday. You know, I mean, things like that that you can just carry back and, you know, have the feedback loop. It also gets you closer to what's going on out there. Fantastic. Well, Diane, this has been really very, very interesting, a glimpse inside tearing back the curtain, digital, digital transformation inside one of the country's largest healthcare organizations. Yep, no, it was fantastic. Uh, Preston, thank you so much uh, you know, for sharing your thoughts and your experiences and you know, your very proactive uh, stance on, on you know, leading Aurora into the, uh, into the future of technology. So uh, thanks for appearing. Michael Dion, thank you both very much as well. It's been my pleasure. Well, fantastic. And you have been watching episode number 173 of CXO Talk. I'm Michael Krigsman, and today my guest co-host and I, Dion Hinchcliffe, have been talking with Preston Simons, who is the CIO of Aurora Healthcare. And Dion and Preston, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Everybody, tune in next Friday. And we also have a special show this coming Tuesday that Diane is going to host with the CIO of ING Bank. So tune in. Thanks so much, everybody, and have a great day. Bye-bye.